0: It's time for Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds. Oh my. The best NFL podcast this side of the Mason-Dixon line.
1: What do Falcons do? Falcons, Falcons rise up.
0: Here's your host, Josh Stitcher and Patrick Edson.
1: Welcome to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds, the best football podcast this side of the Mason-Dixon line. Presented by The Morning Five, special thanks to our friends Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. I'm Patrick Edson, that guy on the other side of the screen that you folks can't see, but he is a handsome devil. That's Josh Stitcher. Stitch, how you doing tonight, brother?
0: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
1: Man, I couldn't be better, man. We are on the home stretch of the Holiday shopping season. Thank God I don't have to go to Walmart or Target. Well, I'm saying that now, but yeah, you know tomorrow, uh, you know, yeah. I, 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 tomorrow is a new day. I, yes, it is. And if my wife can think of something, she's going to think of something. So I do have to go though and get the honey baked ham. So that is a staple at the Edson house in the holiday season. So. Um, so I'll have to go and pitch over and do that tomorrow. Um, it's cause that's some just delicious goodness right there, man. It doesn't get any oh. better than the honey baked ham in my opinion. So how about you? Absolutely, Yeah. Are you a honey baked ham You're hundred percent right. Oh yeah? Okay.
0: Yes. All right. Oh yes. Good we damn. love those things. Christmas, usually do one around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, yeah, and the thing I like the best, I like the honey-baked ham sandwiches in the days after. Yeah. Oh, after, yeah. i tell you
1: what we do. We went to
0: Walmart. Uh-huh. We went to Walmart tonight uh-huh. and had to pick up a couple of things, and then my wife and I, we're completely done Christmas shopping, but uh-huh. we always go on Christmas Eve to Walmart and get stocking stuff.
1: Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's a good... And it's
0: something we've done. <laughs> kids, our kids will spend the night with my parents. That's something we've done probably for the last eight or ten years. Kind of our little tradition. We go in and just see all the panicked people running around that are just starting their Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. And we get a few things that we get for stockings and just check out and just have a good time. <laughs> you
1: know, we... I have found my wife and I doing that, uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, go and oh man, we've got to get one or two more stocking stuffers. I think a couple of years ago we we were in Rome at her mom and dad's for like Christmas Eve, and we left there. She's just like, oh, let's stop at the CVS, and actually we stopped at Walgreens, and oh my gosh, we were in there forty-five minutes, just you know, I felt like we were plundering there, you know, trying to find Uh what little stocking stuffers we could. So, yeah, that's that's fun stuff for sure. You know, what we like to do with the honey-baked ham, though, is we like to get up uh, the morning uh, of Christmas and do a little breakfast or something. And I'll take take a couple pieces of that honey-baked ham and put them in an iron skillet. Oh, my gosh.
0: Oh, say no more. Oh, my
1: gosh. Scramble a few eggs, maybe you know, put a couple of biscuits in the oven. Oh man, it's just, its fantastic! Uh-huh. It's fantastic. Speaking of fantastic, oh wait a minute—we're about, we're about to talk about the Atlanta Falcons. There's nothing fantastic <laughs> about our Atlanta Falcons at the moment. Josh Stitcher and um, you know, um, for all of uh, Falcon fans that uh, watched this past Sunday, I. Driving back from Savannah, so I listened to the game on the Atlanta Falcon radio network. West Durham and Dave Archer doing a great job. Uh, always enjoy listening to Archer's perspective. Although I will tell you, the post-game show—that's that, a different animal—and we'll talk a little bit about that. Maybe if I get an opportunity to rant later in the broadcast. But I will tell you, um, I didn't. Wa- I haven't watched the game. I listened. Uh, I've got it saved. Uh, i probably will watch it tomorrow, uh, quite frankly. Uh, but after listening to it, I'm convinced I didn't need to watch it. Because I think if I had watched it, uh, I think at some point we had pulled over Sunday, and I think I texted you and I said, the Falcons are making me want to drive my car straight into the ditch. And... Um, uh, you know, it was so frustrating just to listen to. Um, and we'll dive into some numbers. Um, but, you know, this week, has you know, I've been trying to read the tea leaves uh, that have been coming out of Flowery Branch. I watched Arthur Smith's press conference on Monday uh, on YouTube. Um, and needless to say, that guy just at, – at, you know, Josh – he just sound, he. it reminds me a lot of Dan Quinn's last season. And my mm-hmm. fear at this point – I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out here for discussion. At this point, the Falcons need to move on. They need to move on. They do not need to go into the uh, end of the regular season and into the offseason – and not having made a decision about moving on from Coach Arthur, Stewart. he is a nice guy. Uh, I think he is a guy of high character. There's no doubt about that, and I think that's been a reflection of this football team. This football team plays hard. I will give him that, and they and I think they love playing for him. I heard Calais Campbell uh, some comments this week, said, so "Look, that you know we love playing for him." And I get that, and I understand that. But you know what? Players love playing for Dan Quinn, too. And guess what? He he didn't deliver. And at this point, the Falcons are no better today than they were three years ago in Dan Quinn's last season, or four years ago in Dan Quinn's last season. Arthur Blank needs to make the decision to move on from uh, Arthur Smith because if he doesn't, what's going to happen? Is next season, we will get five games in, and he will have realized I made a mistake by not by not moving on. And if that happens, then all next season will be gone. It'll be it'll be it'll be gone. And we'll have to suffer yet again as Falcon fans because we are we have we just we have an emptiness at the head coaching position right now.
0: Oh are 100% correct. I, if I'm Arthur Blank right now, this very moment, call up Arthur Smith or whoever you got to. I, heck, at this point, you call up Arthur Smith and tell him we appreciate it, y'all have a Merry Christmas. Best of luck to you. Terry Fontenot, same deal. Oh, so you,
1: you're
0: thinking you thinking he's got to go too, huh? He's got to go too. I, you know what? I take that back. Let's give him a little bit more grace. Okay. Get a head coach to work with. Yeah. He hadn't done too bad in our draft picks and things of that nature. The things that he controlled, he hadn't done that bad of a job outside of Desmond Ritter.
1: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah.
0: But Arthur Smith, you've done all you can do for the Falcons. And I'm like, you hire him today, call and say, hey, Ryan Nilsson. You're the interim head coach and the defensive coordinator. Let's give it a shot. Yeah. And you know, if Nielsen, if Nielsen does well these last three games, give him a hard look at doing that. Unless, you know, I'm a dreamer, big time. Unless something happens and and you're and you're able to uh, to get Belichick or somebody down here, you know, after this season. You throw Belichick. <laughs> 20 million a year for four or five years, and say, hey, Bill, come down here and fix Atlanta and let's roll.
1: Well, you know, um, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, to be quite honest with you. Um, But, you know, uh, with Arthur Smith, you know, I, I agree with you. I think Terry Fontenot, I mean, let's face it, they did inherit a disaster of a franchise. I mean, uh-huh. And, and let's face it you know they the Falcons the first two seasons they were in salary cap hell and you know that that was you know Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn and you know partially Rich McKay I mean Rich McKay is is just as culpable in all of that in my opinion and he I mean he's he's supposed to be the, the guy in Arthur's blank's ear about, hey, this is where your franchise is, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't quite understand, you know, who, who's making the football decisions above Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot, you know, I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with that, so l- let me just say that. So, with that being said, would a Bill Belichick work here? You know, I I tend to think that he could if the Falcons were in a good cap position. And, you know, let's face it, right now, defensively, I mean, they're they're playing some of the best football they've played in the last 10 years as as a team. They've invested in the defense and that investment has worked, you know, and if it weren't for such a terrible offense, I mean ter- I mean terrible. I mean they have regressed this season in terms of the run game. And you I mean you drafted B. John Robinson. I mean, you know, and I know they've had some injuries here late in the season on the offensive line, but this is the NFL, you know. Uh, which means not for long, and so, you know, mm-hmm. uh, um, and so when you look at what they've done, they, the the weapons that they have drafted, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, and you can't even score twenty points a game on average right now. In the the Falcons' offense is atrocious. And it's because of the of the lack of quarterback quality, consistent quarterback play. You know, he, if 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 Ritter could just be consistent, it, it maybe he is. He's just consistently bad, and so maybe that's just the reality of the situation. We don't have a starting quarterback, and if you don't have a starting quarterback in the National Football League, you're not going to win football games.
0: I don't even think he's consistently bad. He has flashes every now and then of a good quarterback. He's just so wishy-washy. I wish he were consistently bad or consistently good. Just when you think he's playing awful and, you know, this game's terrible, he has a good series where he marches the team down the field. They score a touchdown. Right. It's like. And then, then you get comfortable, and he's driving the team back down the field, and he turns around and throws it right to the defense on the 10-yard line.
1: Oh, uh, that – I mean, that – I mean, it's just these turnovers and critical spots in the game where you're going – I mean, all the – they kick a field goal there. The game is over. They win that football game. And it's just, oh, man, it's just, it's just, it's excruciating. It's excruciating to, to have to get on this podcast with you. Not because it's you. I love you, Stitch. You're awesome. But it, it, to get on this podcast every week and have to try to, to come up with some sort of rationale that makes – any lick of sense that Ritter is capable of, of being better, it, I'm, I'm tired of it. And, you know, I think, you know, if you look at the statistics from Sunday's game, Ritter was 12 of 20 for 152 yards. I, I mean, he had a touchdown pass, but it was that little pop pass to – to, to Cordero Patterson is like a two-yard. I mean, it's mm-hmm. more, more like a handoff, really, in my opinion. I hate that they even call it a pass. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you know, but if you look at their numbers, 12 first downs. Eight of them were passing first downs. So, over 50% were passing first downs. They were 6 of 13 on third down. Uh, but they only had 51 plays to Carolina's 63 plays. Carolina, the 1-15, excuse me, 1-12 Carolina Panthers had 283 total yards. And the Falcons, who just two weeks ago were sitting atop the NFC South, their offense could only muster 204 yards. And they only ran – 52, and that is supposed to be the identity of your football team. And it just seems like the last three weeks, they they went from we're gonna smash you in the mouth to we don't know what we can do anymore. And this is the wrong time of year to be be like that. And I and I think that again goes to the heart of what we're talking about in terms of Arthur Smith got to I'm done and we got to move on we've got to move on
0: we have to you're absolutely right we made earlier in the year the Arizona Cardinals look good we, we go to Charlotte to 1-12 Charlotte we make the Charlotte the Carolina Panthers look pretty dang good Bryce Young finally had a decent looking game and it was it, he had two decent drives
1: yeah yeah,
0: the, the, the one the being fight. that last one that led to the field goal. Yeah. It's just all.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is when we lost to the Cardinals, they were a one-win team.
0: Uh-huh. I mean,
1: you know, how many more one-win teams do we have to lose to? So we've lost to two one-win teams. We've lost to a team that just traded for the quarterback on the Monday before the game. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't, I can't rationalize it anymore. Nothing makes any sense to me about this team, about its situation, about the state of the franchise, about, you know, all of these things. And I, I, I firmly believe the reason why Taylor Heineke is starting on Sunday is because Arthur Smith knows he's got to win the next three games and give himself a shot of getting in the postseason because if he doesn't, he's the I mean, that, it just smells of desperation at this point. I mean, why make this change now? You have you have ridden the horse of Desmond Ritter. You have chosen to ride her until she bucks you. And now, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, three games left, and potentially the last sliver of hope you have to make the playoffs, you're going back to Taylor Heineken.
0: It just doesn't make sense. I mean, that's got to be what it is. But it is, at this point, it's one of those things. I'm afraid it's too
1: little, too late. Oh no! I mean, absolutely. I mean, if he had made this choice six weeks ago, and I, well, wait a minute. He did make this choice six weeks ago, and so I mean, now it's it's like we're we're back to the. I mean, we, we've we've played the one side of the cassette tape, and now we've t- taken it out of the out of the cassette tape player in your. 1979 uh, Chevy Pinto and put it back in on the other side to listen to it yet again. And it's just, i um, you know, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. And 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 we're talking about the same dang broken record. I mean, it, the mm-hmm. difference in the game on Sunday again. Bryce Young and Carolina didn't turn the ball over. Alcas turned it over twice. They lost the football game. I mean, that was it. And Ritter, Ritter, turnover giver was there yet again. And it just – I'm sick and tired of talking about that dude as our starting quarterback. And I'm glad – you know, and a part of me – a part of me – and and here it is, man. Here's that – here's that Falcon fan again in me. A part of me hopes they do win the next year give themselves that chance. But the 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 negative negative Falcon fan of me wants the Falcons to lose the next three games. I want them to lose. Because I don't want Arthur Smith as my coach next year. And I'm afraid that if they somehow the next three games win 13 to 10, 17 14. 1916 that Arthur Blank is going to be convinced by either Fontenot or even Rich McKay. You know, Arthur, we're, we're turning a corner here. We just got to go find a quarterback, right? And that's what I don't want. I don't want that. I don't want that as a Falcon man. I'm tired. I'm tired of watching this football team underachieve year in and year out, and nobody's held accountable. I am
0: too. I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of watching it week in and week out. I'm tired of just knowing that you can't ever get comfortable with even a three-point lead because at any time, Desmond Ruggins is going to do something to turn the ball over. I'm tired that you and I can't have two or three weeks in a row where Falcons win and we get to have a a joyful (laughs) (laughs) podcast. Right. It seems like lately it's all just... Been doom and gloom, yeah. And everybody involved deserves way better than
1: that. <laughs> uh, you, no, you're right about that. I, I mean, I think about the season ticket holder, the Falcon season ticket holder, right now. You know, and I heard heard some folks talking about this today. Why, in your right mind, as a Falcon season ticket holder, would you even decide that you want to go back? season Arthur's uh-huh. coach. why why I mean it's going to be the same stuff I mean Jaden Daniels is not going to be there for the Falcons if they win nine games if they win eight games that their their draft position they, they will not they, they'll not be there and then I heard somebody talking today well maybe they make a play for Justin Fields in the offseason you know what I'm I'm here to tell you right now, that is not the answer for the Falcons at quarterback.
0: Oh, he's a good player and everything, but he's having a tough time in Chicago. And you watch, you wait and see. When they play, when we play Chicago, our team's going to make fields look like a world beater and probably going to extend his time in Chicago.
1: Well, and and, and, and you know what, I kind of hope that happens. But you realize that the Chicago Bears are one of the top run defenses in all of football, and that's what you're supposed to be as an identity of a, of a football team for the Falcons. You're a run-first team, right? Uh, we want to run the ball and set and establish the run, so that so that we can open up the play-action pass game. But there's only one problem: you ain't got a guy that can throw a play-action pass. Uh, trying to do it. And, that, and the rea- that's the reality of the Atlanta Falcons this year. Quarterback play has doomed them from the beginning. And Desmond Ritter uh, seems like a nice kid, seems like a really nice guy, but he, he's a backup quarterback in this league. At best, at best, a backup. And if Taylor Haneke, and, and here's the thing about Taylor Haneke, you know when he when he played for the Washington Redskins I mean I think it was two years ago he wound up being the, their starter and won like four or five of the row at the end of the year so that's what scares me is this oh no you know here here comes Heineke. and he you know uh, uh, somebody compared him to the to a riverboat gambler earlier today I heard I thought oh man I don't I don't want that. You know, I don't want a wild card back and quarterback leading us to three wins and we squeak in to the postseason and then get our tails handed to us at home as we host a playoff game um, because we'll be a division winner. You know, I just don't want that. I don't want that anguish. As a Falcon fan, I want I want somebody to come in to to Fowlery Branch that knows – how to build and succeed at football. Build a winning franchise and you're right. The dude that's about 14 uh, maybe a thousand miles away from here and is about to lose his job in New England That that is the architect with Tom Brady of 28-3 to and I'm telling you right now Josh Stitcher if If Arthur Wayne somehow pull that off, and I know people are going to be like, oh, Belichick needs to retire, he's done, but the the reality is this, and I heard somebody say this today, well, Belichick's never won anywhere else, anywhere without Tom Brady, but you know what he won? He won six Super Bowls. Guess what? Chuck Nolte didn't Uh win any Super Bowls without Terry Bradshaw. Am I right? Uh, yes, I'm right. You're exactly right. Right? Jim Kelly, Mark Levy never won a Super Bowl with Jim Kelly. Don Shula never won a Super Bowl with Dan Marino. Winning a Super Bowl is hard. But to do it six times? Oh, man, if we could get a coach like that, man. Somebody with pedigree, somebody that could come in and and – really just take this franchise and pull it out of the fire. (sighs) But please don't give me another Arthur Smith type coach. Please don't make me sit through another season of Arthur Smith.
0: It could even be like a Mike Tomlin.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. Somebody that just (laughs) – has won a Super Bowl, knows what it takes to win a suit as a head coach, not as a coordinator. We don't need another coordinator. We don't need another coordinator. I mean, at this point, we need a coach, somebody that has built a championship franchise. Heck, even if it was a premier college coach, you know oh. – Lincoln Riley might look pretty good standing on the sidelines at Mercedes-Benz Stadium next season. I'm not, not going to lie to you, man. Now, would that be my first choice? No, but it sure as heck would be a lot better than Arthur Smith. And oh, yeah. Especially on offense. I just, I just really, I mean, I can't. I mean, I just can't anymore, man. Can you hear the desperation in my voice? I can't. I can't. I was eating dinner with my wife tonight, and she literally said, I may want to send back a few of your Christmas presents. I said, "Why?" Well, she said, well, because uh, the Falcons might be a theme in a couple of them. <laughs> I was like, no! Oh, my gosh. I love my wife, though. She knows, she knows what I desire in my heart, true heart, and I am a Falcon fan, no doubt. Yep. All right, man. All right, so let's... You got anything else? You, want? I feel like I've been dominating the conversation. I'm sorry, but I, I, I've been waiting four days for this podcast to get this junk off my chest.
0: I mean, I think you said it for the both of us. You know, you hadn't said a wrong thing yet. This, you know, it just, its just disappointing to uh, to be a fan and to watch what we have to watch week in and week out because Arthur Smith and Desmond Ritter just. They're they're the odd couple of the NFL, um, and it's not fair to Desmond Ritter. He had he doesn't have a quarterback yeah. coach that can develop him. He hasn't had any shot of being developed by anybody that knows anything about you know professional football, and, and so that's really you know what I want for Des. He needs to go somewhere with a great quarterback's coach, with a great veteran quarterback, and he needs to be a backup for a couple of seasons and really learn and really develop, then make his mark somewhere. And I hope one day, if he he gets traded off or or whatever happens, I hope that he gets developed, that he becomes that starter, and he's one of those guys that makes us eat our words. You know, for talking about him this season, but this season he just hadn't done it
1: at no, all. No, you're right, and, and I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't. I just don't think he has. I don't think he has the ability to do it. I just don't.
0: And He might not.
1: I mean, you no. Know, it, it, um, you no. Know, he's he's what uh, he started the last four games last season started all but two games this season. You know, so that's 16 games. Um, I just don't see someone that understands that you cannot turn the ball over as the quarterback. And you certainly can't do it at critical areas on the field, in the red zone, inside the ten, when you're passing out of your own end zone. These are things that you as a professional quarterback should already know. You know, one one thousand, two one thousand I, I gotta get I got I gotta get rid of the football. I can't stand in the end zone or try to scramble and make a play in the end zone um, in the national football. Can't do it. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, I I, I do think, I, I do agree with you in the sense that, you know, what would he look like if he had another opportunity with another team, with another bona fide, you know, coach, like somebody that really understands the quarterback position, maybe like a Jason Garrett, or a Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. or, you know, somebody, or even a Kyle Shanahan, from Connelly, somebody that knows how to play players in the right spot to be successful, to set them up for success. I don't believe Arthur Smith has done that for Desmond Ritter. And I don't think he did it last year for Marcus Mariota. And I don't think he did it in the year before in Matt Ryan's last season. Quite honestly. Um, you know, and so you you, you, I, you know, I, I'm I'm tired of talking about it, man. I'm tired of talking about it. Let's move on. Crap. Um, unless you got something else you really Moving need on. To. All right. South. All right. What okay. happened in the
0: NFC South this week
1: or last week? Well, man, in the NFC South last week, uh, it was, of course, uh, let me get there in my show sheet, everybody. Working with a bona fide amateur is Josh Stitcher. All right, so – NFC Week 15, NFC South recap. You had the Bucks over the Packers 34-20 last Sunday. Baker Mayfield was, in fact, Baker, Baker, touchdown maker, as he was 22-28 of 28 for 381 and four touchdowns. And Rashad White, yet again, 21 carries, 89 yards. The Bucks are doing just enough. On the offensive side, you know, I mean, again, you know, you and I have talked about this before. If Baker Mayfield has to throw the ball more than 30 times a game, that's where the Bucs get in trouble. But it seems like from an offensive standpoint, they have reached that sweet spot of uh, pass attempts versus uh, rushing attempts. And it's working right now, man, because they're 7-7. Seven and seven. They're atop the NFC South. They control their own destiny. Uh, and they have a pretty favorable schedule. Uh, they host the Jaguars this Sunday at Raymond James Stadium on Christmas Eve at 4.05 on CBS. The Packers are 6-8. and eight. They're in the same boat as the Falcons. You know, they're fighting for their playoff life right now. Um, and so that, this ought to be a really good football game on Christmas Eve there um, uh, as – uh, they look to host the Jaguars, excuse me, not the Packers. The Jaguars. The Packers go on the road to Los Angeles to take on your Matthew Stafford led <laughs> L.A. Rams, who are also, um, uh, uh, you know, fighting for their playoff lives. So, um, but. But Jordan Love last week, he was 29-39 for 284, two touchdowns. So, it, I think the problem with the Packers is they don't have somebody that can run the football with consistency, And so, I think that's going to be their downfall uh, here late in the season because, again, you've got to be able to run the football on the road in the National Football League if you're going to advance. Uh, so, Bucks 34, Packers 20. Uh, that was the first game. Uh, in the NFC, that we recap this second game Saints or Aints and the Giants. The Aints pull it out 24 to 6. Derek Carr, again, consistent. He was also 23 to 28 for 218 yards and three touchdowns. Alvin Kamara, he was not only their leading ball carrier, 16 carries, 66 yards, but he also. Had 44 yards on five receptions and five targets, uh, so Kamara looks like he's starting to maybe uh, get to a little bit of his old self here late in the year. That also makes the Saints seven and seven. The Giants with Tommy Cutlets, also known as Tommy DeVito, <laughs> uh, he was 20 of 34 for 177. Um, And he was also their leading ball carry, which is where the Giants got in trouble, I think, in this game. He carried the ball four times for 36 yards. Um, You know, the Saints actually go and face the Rams on Sunday. Uh, Actually, it's tonight. My bad. See, I've got these show notes messed up in my head. The Saints and Rams play tonight on Amazon Prime. As a matter of fact, they have already started, so maybe we can get a score, I don't know. But, so that's...
0: Zero, zero to zero, half-17 to go in the
1: first quarter. Okay, all right. So, so far, so good for the Falcons. We need a Rams win tonight. Um, the Saints and, you know, on Sunday, the Bucks need to somehow lose to the Jags, who seem to be stumbling a little bit down the stretch here. I know they've had a couple of key injuries. I know Trevor Lawrence is dealing with a high ankle sprain, and so I think it's kind of week to week for that kid. You know, so we, you know, the Falcons at this point, as a Falcon, at the end of the day, I want as a fan, I want the Falcons to you know, to have a shot on that Sunday against the Saints, you know. Um, I won't root against them against the Saints. I won't do it. But so, you know, so that's the, that's the second game this past week. So, the Saints now 7-7 seven and seven as well. And then, of course, the Panthers uh, and the Packers. The Panthers will host the Packers on Christmas Eve in Charlotte at 1 o'clock. That's where I got mixed up, Josh. That's my bad, fans. Panthers uh, host the Packers in Charlotte 1 o'clock on Christmas Eve. And then, of course, our Falcons host the Indianapolis Colts at 1 p.m. on Christmas Eve at Mercedes-Benz on Fox, or I saw tickets today as low as $18. So if you want to uh, die a slow, painful death as a Falcons fan on Christmas Eve, uh, go get you some tickets and go down to Mercedes-Benz and get some of the best stadium food that you'll find uh, anywhere in uh, the NFL. Uh, but uh, I, I can't, I can't look my wife and child in the face and say, "Hey, I'm going to the football game on Christmas Eve." Sorry, not unless my wife gave me tickets to the game as an early Christmas gift. But even then, I might say, "Hey, you need to take these back." Um, so, um, you know, I just Falcons are, you know, they're just in a position where they don't control their own destiny.
0: Oh. They don't. They're absolutely out of you know out of control. All they can do is try to win each game that they play, and at this moment in time, that's not even feasible for the three games that they have left. But remember, I told you three weeks ago <laughs> the Falcons are going to lose a game they have no business losing. Yep. And they're going to win a game they have no business winning, and they're either going to beat the Colts this week or the. The Chicago Bears. <laughs> I, mean, I just think that one of those two. No, you're right. Well, I man. could be wrong, and they no. could end up beating the Saints, no. which I'm, would be fine as well. Little. But I just think they're going to win one of those two games. No, you're
1: probably right. You're probably right. They're going to win. They're going to win one of these next three games, I think. And and it would. I wouldn't be surprised if they go on the road next week. I, I, if they lose this week, which I think they will quite honestly I think the I think the Colts are a better football team at the moment they have a better quarterback at the moment in Gardner Minshew and I don't care what anybody says you know if you have a better quarterback I mean you know you are in a better position to win now they still the Colts do still have some you know, to look at the injury report. I think that sentence said that to you, Josh. Matt Gay, their place kicker, he's questionable on Sunday, along with their running back, Zach Moss. Wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. Of course, their bell cow running back uh, is not going to play. Uh, I think he's on the uh, injured reserve. I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season. Am I correct in that? I think you are correct yep. in that. You yep, sure yep, are. Yep, So, um uh, and then the Falcons, David Mata, you know, he's still questionable. Uh, Caleb McGeary and Chris, Chris Chris Lindstrom. And, you know, uh, for everything that we have said tonight or everything I have said tonight, the offensive line injuries are really bad for the Falcons at the moment. And I think that has uh, – it has affected the run game. There's no, no question in my mind about that. So – uh, and then of course Bud Dupree, who's been a difference maker for them on the defensive side of the football, he's also questionable for Sunday. So the Colts in their last five games, they are four and one. So I mean they're a hot football team right now. They've won three in a row. Um, and the Falcons, of course, uh, they are two and three. Uh, and you know their two wins. Uh, their most impressive win was over the Saints, uh, but, you know, they, they've they lost, lost to Tampa Bay in a gut-wrencher at home, and they lost to Carolina on the road, Both both those losses in the final minute. If you look at the Falcons' record this season, I believe just about every game has been a one-score game, with the exception of the first game of the season where they beat Carolina by two scores. And so, you know, you can't – I mean, it's a miracle that they've been in so many games, to be quite with you, even with the terrible quarterback play. But it's been their defense that's kept them in games. I mean, if you really break down the Falcons, uh, they're 10th in the NFL in total defense. Their uh, their passing defense is 8th uh, in, in, in the league. And their rushing defense is fifteenth. They, you know, they give up an average of 112 yards a game. But here's the thing that was an eye opener for me today as I was digging into the numbers: the Falcons have only given up five rushing touchdowns this season. Five. I, I, I mean, I, I thought to myself, "Dang." You know, I knew they've been really good in the red zone this season, but they have been really good in the red zone this season and keeping teams out of the end zone. And I think that's a testament to Ryan Nielsen and that defense. Obviously, that defense has kept them in football games. Uh, unfortunately, this past Sunday, that that last drive, you know, and you just kind of wonder what those guys – the locker room on the defensive side of the football are saving themselves. Yeah.
0: Obviously, number one, they didn't get any help from their offense. No. We scored a touchdown in the first quarter and that's the only points we thought about scoring in the entire game. But even then, you know, they played pretty solid for all, all the game except for that final drive. Yeah. And, I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things where just playing in that rainy weather, finally wore them down or whatever, or it was just destiny that the Carolina Panthers were going to win that game the way they won it, and they could have been playing the uh, Pittsburgh Steel Curtain defense years ago, <laughs> and they were still going to drive down the field and score and win that ball game. I don't know what it was. But the defense can't be down on themselves because they're the only bright spot in this football team.
1: They are. You're, you're right. And, you know, I, I, I certainly think on Sunday, you know, if they're going to win this game, it's going to be the defense that wins it. I mean, I, I just – I can't. Yeah. I, I have no faith in Arthur Smith as a head coach, as a play caller, and I have no faith in Desmond Ritter. To go out and execute a game plan that makes any sense whatsoever that puts any sort of points up on the board to beat a football team in the NFL. I just don't. Alright man we are going to take a look at our weekly picks from last week. Week 15 and week 15 uh, folks Josh Stitcher is putting the pressure and the heat on this old boy, Patrick Edson. Last week, Josh was four and two. I was three and three. Uh, I um, I did the. Oh my goodness! Somebody uh, gave you a hand clap. That must have been you. Thank you very much. And so, um, you know, uh, it's getting tight. So I'm up twenty eight fourteen, and and Josh is twenty four and eighteen. So four games so so it's uh these next two weeks are going to decide who is the best picker of the two dudes uh from two dudes and the dirty birds so let's look at week 16 um and we'll start i think with probably the game of the year in my opinion regular season right now to this point Ravens travel to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Brock Purdy, I've heard so much talk this week about, oh, but if Brock Purdy were on another football team. Let me say this to you. Let me be perfectly clear. If nobody else wants Brock Purdy, I'd be more than happy to have Brock Purdy in a Falcon uniform as long as Kyle Shanahan was his football coach. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan, is what his dad was 25 years ago. He is the great quarterback whisperer in our league, and he's proving that by putting Brock Purdy in positions to be successful as an NFL quarterback. And, yes, he's got uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey, you know, uh, run C- CMC. He's got run CMC. He's got Debo Samuel. Uh, he's got uh, – the tight end, uh, da, 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 his name's escaping me at the moment. Um, Kittle, George yes, Kittle. George Kittle. He's got Kittle. So, I mean, he he's got weapons, no doubt about it. But it, it, you know, he's playing at a high level, and I don't care what anybody says, Brock Purdy should be considered as an MVP candidate in this season. So, with that being said, Ravens at Niners. You got Lamar Jackson. He's bringing the number one rushing offense in all of the football to uh, San Francisco next week. Stitch, what do you like?
0: Man, this is the. You're right. This is the regular season game of the entire year. And I love Lamar Jackson. I love Todd Munkin, his offensive coordinator. Yep. Yep. I love Harbaugh. I love everything the Ravens are doing, um, but gosh, am pretty And the 49ers just find a way to win week in and week out and they're playing this game in San Francisco. If it were being played in Baltimore, that's a whole, you know, that's a whole different animal. I think just just my take on it. I'm going to go
1: with the 49ers this week. Yeah, man, and you know uh, the line right now is my is Niners minus five. So I, you know, I can't, I, I just can't see the Ravens going on the road and winning this football game on Sunday. Not that they're not capable of it. I just think that right now, you know, I heard Bryce uh, say this this morning on. Uh, 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 morning five with Billy Lindahl. He he feels that the Niners are the best team in football right now, and and I tend to think the same thing. I mean, they are on all cylinders right now on offense, and they're playing pretty good defense as well. I'm going with you, Josh. I'm going to also take the Niners. All right, so next game uh, is bum, 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 Cowboys at Dolphins. How about them Cowboys? Coming off really a, a surprise loss in my mind last week on the road at Buffalo. And, yes, Buffalo is who they are right now, which is a, a team that's still in, in the minds of many, a team that if they can squeak into the postseason, might give folks uh, some trouble. Uh, Josh Josh Allen seems to be heating up at the right time. James Cook had a monster game last week for the Bills as well. Um, you know, the Cowboys are going back on the road. Second straight week, they'll be in Miami. Miami is a one-point favorite at the moment. So, for Vegas, this game is a push. And that's, uh, you know, uh, a surprise for me because, once again, uh, you know, the – Dolphins have the number one pass defense – or, excuse me, pass offense in all of football. And right now, the Cowboys seem a little lost on defense.
0: Yeah, exactly right. The Dolphins were able to put up big points last week on offense with no Tyreek Hill. <laughs> and Tyreek Hill, I, I got a feeling I, – I have a feeling Tyreek Hill's going to be back this Sunday. And how this – it's a push. I don't think Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys lose two games in a row. You can't. I, I can't. You can't pick against the Dolphins. I mean, they're
1: hot right now. All
0: right. Defensively, the Cowboys, like you said, are a little lost. But I mean, I'm going with Tua, Tyreek, and the Dolphins.
1: Okay, so Stitch is going to go with the Dolphins, and you know, um, I. I'm going to go with the Dolphins, too, uh, because at the end of the day, I'm just not convinced. I'm going to steal an old uh, – what was his name? Denny Green, Dennis Green saying uh, the Cowboys are who I think they are, and I don't think that they Uh are a team that can travel and play well on the road against a quality opponent. So, I'm going with the Dolphins as well. All right, Bengals at Steelers. Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, uh, you know, I know you love your Steelers, uh, and I know that Josh Browning is, uh, is the second coming of Joe Burrow at the moment. Um, uh, our good friend Clay Harden told me last night, this past Sunday, he told his son that he felt like Josh Browning, is probably playing better than Joe Burrow ever has and his son almost accosted him in his own home. So, um, I I am going to pick, though, I'm going to pick the Bengals. And, again, I think it's because they just have a better quarterback right now. Uh, Browning is playing, you know, playing within himself – playing good football and I, I just don't see the Steelers uh, being able to to generate the offense they're gonna need to win. I'm, the I'm taking the I'm taking
0: I'm with you on that. I'm picking the Bengals as well. Okay. The Steelers just I mean there's too many there's too many variables that are going wrong for the Steelers and I hate it. I hate George Pickens acting like a little crybaby. So <laughs> you know. Because yeah. he's not, things aren't going his way, and, and their quarterback play just isn't there. Offensively, they can't they can't do much of anything on the offensive side of the ball. So you got to, got to think Browning's got another, another fantastic game, ready to go. And so that I'm gonna take the Bengals.
1: Okay, all right. So we're both going Bengals. All right. Next game Browns and te- at Texans. Uh, both these teams, uh, coming off, I believe they both. Uh, Uh, Texans won last week. I can't remember what the Browns did, uh, Josh. I don't know if you do. But both these teams, though, still in the hunt uh, playoff-wise. You know, uh, C.J. Stroud uh, has been improving uh, as the regular season has gone on. D'Amico Ryans really uh, has been a a nice surprise in his first season as Texans head coach. The Browns, uh, Joe Joe Flacco uh, really having a resurgence. Uh, they he's playing well. They're playing well, uh, and you know who who is gonna come out on top on this Sunday? Browns are two and a half. The, the Browns are two and a half point favorites, and I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the veteran uh, Joe Flacco and the Browns.
0: All Browns right. beat the Chicago Bears last week, that's, twenty to seventeen. That's
1: right. That's right. Um, On the last second field goal. That's right. Yep. All right. They did. Joe uh,
0: Flacco's playing good football.
1: Yep. Uh, I like
0: I like what the Texans are doing. I like you said. I like D'Amico Ryan. But I mean, the Falcons beat the Texans, so can't be that much competition. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm going with you. I'm going with the Browns.
1: All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jaguars at Bucks. Uh, Bucks are two and a half point, uh, Bucks minus two and a half at the moment as the line uh, a couple hours ago. Again, Baker Mayfield at the moment playing some of his best football of the season. And the Bucks are tied for first place with the New Orleans Aints uh, with basically three weeks left to go. And, you know, what are we going to get tonight? Or, excuse me, on Sunday uh, in terms of Trevor Lawrence, I'm not sure. But, you know, they seem to be not playing their best football at the moment, the Jags. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I'm
0: going with the Jags. <laughs> Just plain and simple. I'm going with the Jags. Uh, okay. The Bucks are gonna they're gonna get beat. Something's gonna happen and we're gonna talk about that <laughs> scenario and the Falcons are gonna end up backing their way into the playoffs. Oh no! But don't I, I say think that. I think I know. It's probably not gonna happen, so don't worry about it. But I'm going I'm picking I'm going with the Jags uh Sunday. All right I think Trevor Lawrence will – be a little bit better, I think. I just think they'll they'll figure it
1: out. All right, okay. So, uh, Bucks over Jags. Uh, I've got Bucks over Jags. Josh has got Jags over Bucks. Final game, an old AFC West battle matchup. Uh, I remember growing up seeing these games. And I just love watching the Raiders when I was a kid. Man, I was just enamored by the silver and black and and Tom Flores and. Uh, John even as a little 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 kid watching football and see John Madden on TV at times uh, leading the Raiders uh, so Raiders at Chiefs this one's at Arrowhead on Sunday. Chiefs right now are minus 10 in this game uh, they're they're scuffling right now and I think they need a win here uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, I think the Chiefs on offense are just not the same team as they were last season. So, But I also think that they are a lot better than the Raiders, even though the Raiders, I believe last week, uh, basically uh, cost uh, Brandon Staley his job as they shellacked the Chargers. Uh, They scored 63 on them. I do not believe they'll score sixty-three. They may not even score sixteen uh, come Sunday against the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs over the Raiders.
0: Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Picking, <laughs> going with the Red Kingdom. That's <laughs> a that? uh, yeah. That's just that's a that's an easy, easy, simple pick.
1: Okay, right all right, okay, man. Uh, it, I, I'm going to remember this conversation next week if the Raiders win. <laughs> your no brainer comment i love it when you do that because you've done that a couple times and i've gone with you and you've been wrong you've buried me under the sand of the desert
0: yeah, i've, I've led <laughs> you i've laid you astray, led times astray. Than
1: not. oh my goodness all right man so uh this that's gonna finish our pick segment so we'll see how that goes next week all right um we did What's My Favorite last week, and this week, yeah. it's it's Get Off My Lawn Time. And yes. I feel like we've been Get Off My Lawn Time all, all the whole hour we've been on, but we've got about two and a half, three minutes before we wrap up. And my Get Off My Lawn is, is not Arthur Smith. The get off my lawn this week is Arthur Blank. Mr. Blank, if you're listening to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds tonight, tomorrow this pod drops. If you don't hear anything else from us in this podcast, please, for the love of Steve Markowski, fire Arthur Smith as soon as humans. For the love of Lehman Bennett, fire Arthur Smith. For the love of Norm Van Brocklin. For the love of Tommy notes For the love of the Grit Blitz defense. For the love of William Andrews. For the love of Gerald Williams. Jeff Mennote. The list goes on, on. Great Falcons. Who endured playing on team? that we're me. We need an owner to look himself in the mirror. And I know you can do it. Mr. I know you can. I know deep down there is not anything more that you want to do for the Falcon fans in the Falcon Nation than to bring a Super Bowl championship to Atlanta. I know that. Fire Arthur Smith. And that's get off my lawn.
0: That's fantastic. That was heartfelt. I am ready to fire Arthur Smith for Arthur Blaine. Right now. Because of that. I have a get off my lawn that's not near as long not near as serious as, as that in which you presented. My get off the lawn is simply simply this. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart to everyone out there listening everyone out there that's going to listen oaks, dot, and horns and a red nose on your car and driving it around like it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It absolutely looks stupid. <laughs> it makes you look stupid in your soccer mom minivan, picked out like Rudolph. There's no point in it. We all know that there's one Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and hey, he's not driving down Highway 27. He's not around rec departments or going into Walmart or Target or even in line at Starbucks. He's in the North Pole. He's eating. He's drinking plenty of water. He's stretching because in a couple of nights, he's got a big night. That's the Rudolph that everybody needs. They don't need to see your Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer minivan, driving around town. <laughs> which is ridiculous. And you need to stop it.
1: That's
0: get off my lawn.
1: Alright, Stitch. I love it, man. I love it. Buddy, I hope you have a Merry Christmas. And I hope next week uh, we get an opportunity to maybe have a podcast that talks about a Falcon win. Deep down, that's what my heart wants. My head wants him to lose, man. Lose, but my heart wants him to win. And I know that's where every Falcon fan is right now. Every true Falcon fan, that's where they're at. And I want you guys, if you're listening to this podcast, Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds, Josh Stitcher and I both know that's where you're at because that's where we're at. Josh, I want to say thanks uh, for putting up with me tonight. And we went a little long, but I love you, brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for uh, being a part of this with me. This has been great. And we've still got two more weeks after tonight. So, fans, thanks for listening. Thanks to Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl from the Morning 5 for giving my man Stitch and I the opportunity to talk about the team that we love to our core, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. For Josh Stitcher, I'm Patrick Edson. You've been listening to Two Dudes and the Dirty Birds.